What's up, guys? Welcome to the Study Pipe. I'm Zach. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to the Metaphorical Study Pipe, where we're going to have some interesting discussions about some future films and some great topics, some stimulating conversation. This is part two to the upcoming film list for 2023. I think we're about, what, halfway through the year almost, so part two is timely. We finished last episode, um, what was that, episode two, three, covering quite a few films, but ending on Oppenheimer, right? Yep, that's where we left off, and uh, sorry for the delay for part two, but we wanted to give you some time to think about it between episodes. Yeah, build up anticipation, (laughs) you know, get excited. Also get a sense of, I think, how accurate we've been with some of these films. <laughs> we have been. We've been, we've been taking a tally. And, uh, you know, as we, as we go along throughout the year, we'll, we'll update you on where we're standing currently with the points. Who's in the lead? You know, without looking at any results, I'm going to say I'm in the lead. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think, um, I think that's right. But only because I think that I was willing to take... <laughs> risks i made bold predictions okay? you I, want me to watch the scorpion king trilogy <laughs> it's, it's either the scorpion king trilogy as our friend jordan wants or shout out jordan for the worst possible suggestion for the shittiest trilogy but worst is in being like the best because it is literally the worst trilogy probably <laughs> that you could come up with although uh I'm also considering my sister's list. She had a she had a trilogy of Hallmark movies that she put forward. You know, I'd rather watch <laughs> Hallmark movies than Randy Couture run around as the Scorpion King, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep that in mind. <laughs> so, gonna, you know, and I, and I hope that if I if I end up losing, you make it just as miserable for me. Oh, I we're doing horror movies trilogy. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh, what was that? What was that clown movie that just came out? That was like one of the, the Terrifier because you Terrifier. hate gore, yeah. <laughs> Terrifier, I think. So shout out to my brother Angel. He actually suggested making you watch Terrifier the first and then the second because of how gory it is. <laughs> oh, so no. that would actually be a pretty good one. All right. So if you don't know, I, I love movies. I I even love horror movies. I'm going to say it. But I have to watch them through my fingers. <laughs> like I have my hands over my Big face. Time. <laughs> I can't do the gore. I'll, like uh what was that movie we just watched over uh in Tempe at the Majestic? The the one that I had to walk out halfway through. Oh god, what was that? The Devil's Rejects. Oh yeah, yeah. We went to so shout out Majestic Tempe in Tempe, Arizona. They do curated programming, unique programming. Um, they have a Tuesday night weekly horror showing where they show cult classic, new horror films, all kinds of stuff. They call it the Cinematary. When I lived in Tempe, I was an avid, loyal patron. You know, I would go damn near weekly. So shout out Majestic Tempe. Uh, Danny and Aaron are the folks who do that. They're awesome. Totally cool. Um but yeah, we were at a cinematary showing there. They were showing The Devil's Rejects. And I think it was during probably like the 
um, hostage like scene and not getting into any of the graphic stuff. But I think that's when you were like, I need to take a step away. Yeah. And then I don't think you came back. I think we watched the rest of the movie. So I think I hung out in the bar. Yeah. So um, yeah, a, a pretty intense horror trilogy would be good, but I don't know. I got to think about it. Um, I have a funny feeling I'm going to lose though. And I'm going to have to watch the Scorpion King trilogy or something else. Yeah, maybe we could, uh, when the time comes, we could do an interesting, like, double or nothing bet. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put that in the back pocket. So, okay. On the subject of horror, kind of, the first movie here on our list for upcoming, most quote unquote anticipated. I don't know that these are necessarily most anticipated by us, but they're kind of the big ones on the radar, right? Um, yeah. Haunted Mansion. Ooh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this and I'm going to come out and say that the original Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy, I actually like that movie. Whack, wiggity whack. I'm interjecting. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> my kind of movie. horror movie. <laughs> Terrible movie. Eddie Murphy should be ashamed. No. Yeah. The first one I did not like this one. I'm actually kind of, kind of cautious. I think I will dig it. Um, I do. I, you know, I like Jamie Lee Curtis. She, you know, in the new trilogy of Halloween movies came back, she made, took her cut, made quite a bit off gross box office revenue based on my understanding. I want to see her kind of do her thing. She's fresh off the Oscar too. You know, she had a long storied career. She just got her Oscar and um, what is it? Everything everywhere. Yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once. She took home the Best Supporting Actress uh, Oscar. Well-deserved. I mean, if you I, – I think there's a lot of people that saw that movie that had no idea that it was Jamie Lee Curtis for at least a minute while they're watching that movie. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And she – I mean, she killed it. She did a great job. And um, she's in this. She's in this with the national treasure, not Nicholas Cage, damn you, but Danny DeVito, who I love, is going to be in this with <laughs> yeah. um, Owen Wilson. Uh, you know, Owen Wilson, I like him. I don't know that I really love him or anything like that. So I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, how he can carry this film. But the, the premise here, so it's going to follow a single mom, her son, who hire a team of experts to exercise their newly bought mansion that is haunted by ghosts. So I don't know, pretty basic premise in line with the title. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's based off of the, the famous Disney ride that I'm sure most people have been on. They know and love. If you watch the trailer, you can see specific parts of the ride that are just taken directly and put into the film. Even some of the the seating, like the seat that you sit on in the Haunted Mansion, uh, it looks like that seat is just roaring through the trailer, <laughs> like out of the mansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Critics are not going to be kind to this film. I just have a feeling because, you know, it's the live action remake. Well, not remakes, but live action like establishment of movie universes based on rides haven't done historically well jungle cruise sorry anyone who's listening that really <laughs> loved that i thought it was bogus um 
Pirates of the Caribbean obviously is awesome. And that's what has given them the courage to make these, you know, live action films based on the rides. But I, I think critics aren't going to like it. I do think audiences will. And I think that I will like it. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that this is going to be fresh. And just to bring up Jungle Cruise actually had a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whack. It, it, it just it just got across the the finish line right there, and uh, I'm trying to think. So we got we got Jungle Cruise, right? We had the original Haunted Mansion movie. Yep. And uh, I'm not sure what was the 19. There was a 1969 Haunted Mansion film, right? Was that part of the? Was there? I have no idea. I haven't I mean, seen might, that one. It might just have the same name. I haven't seen it either, so I'm not sure if that has anything to do with the Disney ride. Probably doesn't. I mean, Haunted Mansion as a name can go many directions, you know, but. And then, the, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one was, was great. I liked the second one, too. Uh, you know, the first one, obviously, was very, very positive, uh, positively reviewed. The Jungle Cruise got it at 62%. I can't imagine this would be worse than Jungle Cruise. And just looking at the cast, you got Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, DeVito Rosario Dawson, Jamie Lee Curtis, the original, you know, one of the original Scream Queens. I think uh, this will at least get to the 60% range. I hope so I'm going so. to say, say fresh. I want to say audience fresh. I think I'm going to like this one too. This is my type of horror movie, <laughs> Disney horror. Fair enough. Okay, so I think we only disagree on how critics are going to receive it. So we shall see. Once again, uh, maybe my prediction's a little more bold. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, coming up next on the list, Ninja Turtles, which. People listening, you've probably already seen a trailer or two for this, right? With the crazy animation style. We got Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg producing. You know, they're a, the dynamic comedy duo. So I think there's some good creative juices behind this. I, I think the cast for the Turtles, though, are all relatively new or like up and comers or, or am I wrong? Or do we have a couple of heavy hitters in there? No, I, I think, um, I think they are new. I'm, I'm looking here and I mean, I guess, uh, Jacob Treble, right. He's, he's kind of a, he's, he's not new. He's definitely been one of the more like, uh, renowned child stars. Yeah. We are saying like, he's been 14 for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. He's following that Dakota, that Dakota fanning career path. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's going to be just 28 and like full-grown adult. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So he was in The Little Mermaid, right? He was. He was Flounder. And Aquafina was two. Yes. Is she involved in this Ninja Turtles movie? or? It looks like she is. Uh, Who's she playing? Let's see. So she is going to be... I know we got Jackie Chan as Master Splinter, right? Yeah. Actually... You know, I know we have it down here in the list, but I'm not seeing it on her IMDb page. I see a, a fandom article saying that she's going to play Shredder's adoptive daughter in Second in Command. Hmm. So that could be interesting. Could be interesting. Um, Nick Kroll is going to be in this, though, as well. Um, so Ooh. a lot of like comedy kind of heavyweights involved, which gives yeah. me hope that it'll be, you know. Yeah, you got a uh, John Mulaney. May Rudolph is always great, or Maya Rudolph, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I you know when we get when we get to my ratings, I think this is going to be my most uh, 
courageous of votes for the rest of the year. This is your bold prediction? <laughs> this is my bold prediction. <laughs> so I'm saying audience is going to like it. Uh, critics are going to like it. I'm going to like it. I grew up with, you know, the crazy 80s, 90s live action Ninja Turtle movies. I loved them. Uh, I had the action figures, video games, all that. So I'm excited to come back to the world of the Ninja Turtles. I hope it does well. Um, but yeah, I think people are going to like it across the board. I think it has the ingredients to make that happen. But you. Yeah, I put, I think it's going to be rotten. <laughs> I think uh, across the board. I think it's going to rot tomatoes rotten. I think it's going to have a fan rotten. And I don't think I'm going to like it. And this is, uh, this is my, this is me being, my most cynical and yeah being a, a cynic I, I you know i grew up loving the ninja turtles the original movies um and as i've gotten older i've just been bashed over the head with bad ninja turtles content for many many years so it, it's hard for me to imagine them riding the ship after this point at this point and uh i man, i wish i'm wrong on this i hope i'm wrong Yep, I'm locking it in. Rotten across right. the board. Lock it in. Check the gate. We're good. <laughs> this is uh, good. I'm going to be watching three horror movies this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I'm. I don't know. I don't have faith in myself. So I think going to the next one, Gran Turismo. Now I had some initial ratings here, but after seeing the trailer and kind of understanding the premise behind all of it, I think my feelings have changed. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought, so initially I thought I'd like the movie. I thought critics and audience would not like it, but that was before I'd seen, I think the most recent trailer, maybe even both, but you know, the premise, you want to give them the premise? Yeah. The, the premise is about, it's, it's based on a true story about this, uh, this, this teenager that is a great simulated race car driver. And in real life, um, there was a, a competition where if you did simulated driving really well, you got a chance to actually race real cars, real Formula One cars. And this, uh, the kid ends up winning this competition and becoming a driver, like a real professional race car driver. And that's such a badass premise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it actually is shot. Like, I don't know. I mean, in the most recent trailer, I thought they did a really good job of like explaining that this kid, you know, was really passionate, was in the simulators and then signed up for the competition and is jumping in. And, you know, who is it? Orlando Bloom's character, I think, is like really betting on him and like trying to, I don't know, support him and, and see him do this. I could be mistaken or misremembering the trailer, but it seemed that Orlando Bloom's character was like fully behind this crazy ass idea of having some video game kid expert simulator driver come and jump in and get down and dirty with the pros. And it, yeah, yeah, just that's, that's what I remember too. And then you have David Harbor, who's the one that's supposed to train him. Yeah. And I think he's kind of hesitant, right? I mean, he's kind of like what the veteran who's, this goddamn kid doesn't know what he's getting into. How could he understand? Yeah, but he's going to learn to love him because he's passionate. 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. But I um, love that type of story. I yeah, fall so for it every I. time. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, video game adaptations historically have been bad. The Last of Us has kind of bucked the trend recently, which people have not watched the show. Go watch it. Awesome. If you haven't played the games, yeah, that, play the games. That might be the the uh, that I mean, like you had Sonic that kind of broke the whole curse with uh, the first like fresh movie on Rotten Tomatoes. That was based on a video game, right? That's then, true. Yeah, Sonic came in, and uh, I the, think the, yeah, that uh, Pokemon, depending on whether or not you want to contribute, like with the original game or the anime show, was another one that kind of has been discussed as part of breaking that trend as well. The Detective Pikachu. Yeah, that's right. I enjoyed that. Yeah, like that, like that one too. Dead Pokemon <laughs> was a, a wild take. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm hard pressed to say that this is a video game adaptation. Like it has a name, but it's a, it's a biographical story more, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a biopic on this guy. And yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends on how the marketing is done and whether people, you know, the the average uninitiated audience member, or, you know, moviegoer is sitting there and they think, oh, I'm going to go watch a video game movie or I'm going to go watch a movie that looks compelling and badass. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, how could we forget? <laughs> yeah, that I was just, rotten. It, it was rotten? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it killed at the box office, though. Yeah, it's sitting at a 59%. Oh, yeah, it made well yeah. over a billion dollars. It's right there on the, the <laughs> cusp of, of freshness. Um, yeah, so, okay, you know, I, I think I think people will dig it. I think critics will be into it. Um, audiences will be into it, and I think I'll like it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I think that this is going to be a fresh movie. We're, uh, you know, Neil Blomkamp directed this. He had a, he had, you know, he had kind of a dry spell with the critics. Um, I know you like Chappie, but that was, what, 30% of Rotten Tomatoes. I did like Chappie. Yeah. The word before they went kind of even more crazy <laughs> I, you than know, they we, are. We probably should have seen that they were going down that path. Yeah, it makes back. sense. Uh, South then, Africa. Yeah. Represent. You know, I thought that movie was charming. There was, it was flawed, but this, you know, if it was on on like TNT, and I still had TNT, I would yeah, right. probably finish it. You're still you know? paying four hundred dollars a month for cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe that's where all my money's going. <laughs> uh, then you know, um, I didn't even notice that Neil that Neil had the demonic that came out in 2021, where he did a low budget horror movie. Oh, I, got, I didn't know that either. And I, I think it got buried. It made sixty eight thousand dollars at the box office. Ooh, yikes! Thirteen percent tomato meter, nineteen percent audience score. Big yikes! Yeah, and to it, you know, when you look at audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes, as much as uh, me and Zach have, you'll notice that anytime that we vote that something's going to be rotten on audience score, that's us taking a huge gamble because you could have the worst movie sell like an eighty percent audience score. Yeah, that's true. And uh, you know, uh, so this is this is Neil Blomkamp getting his first uh, big budget movie in probably eight years. But he's you know he's utilizing the new tech that uh, 
Michael Bay was using for ambulance, you know, having a lot of drone footage shots and it's still really fresh for the audience. I think this is going to be a technological marvel. So I'm going with you, man. Fresh across the board. Fresh Rotten Tomatoes, fresh audience, and I'm going to like it. I respect that. And on the topic of Ambulance, um, you know, I liked the way that movie was shot. I liked that the backdrop of the film was L.A. Um, You know, now that I'm a a SoCal resident, you know, it kind of hits close to home. Um, I don't know that the story was as compelling or as realistic or – I don't know that it satisfied me as much as I'd hoped, but it was shot really well. So I did not know that that is cool, that that kind of technology, you know, um, scene direction, all that kind of stuff is going to roll into the, into Gran Turismo. That gives me a little bit more hope. So um, I may have to rewatch that going into this. Yeah, we, we should definitely do that. We should do an episode on ambulance. It yeah. was, the coolest fact I have about it is that he actually went, I forget the kid's name, but he hired a world a world class drone pilot, like a guy that wins all the competitions to fly the the video drone. Oh, that's super badass! I wonder how that guy felt. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like twenty or something, I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah. Watching Michael Bay scenes. calling you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you want to come and uh, help me film a movie? <laughs> wow, that's the type of call I'd like to get. Yeah, you're so good at fly, flying drones that we're gonna. We're going to let you have this $100 million movie in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Um, all right, Gran Turismo. I think we're both optimistic, it sounds like. I don't know about this next one, though. I think we're going to do a, a complete you know, 180 flop to the other side. Blue Beetle, uh, upcoming superhero film based on, I guess, um, I'm not a huge – I'm a comic book fan, but I'm not – uh, an expert. I don't think not, not as, I think you out of the two of us are, are the expert when it comes to comics, but I guess this <laughs> blue beetle is based on a DC comics character of the same name. And um, I think we've got the Latinos represented in this, which I think is a little bit new, um, a little bit fresh, you know, uh, it looked like it was what Miami or Florida. Maybe yeah, that really looked like a Miami shot, didn't it, in the trailer? Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, but I guess this teenager finds this alien beetle and um, it turns him into like a beetle Iron Man that's blue. <laughs> that's what yeah, it looks yeah, like it's to a, me. It's a sentient scarab that um, kind of gives you like, a, like an exo armor. So... It, it's a. It's one of. The, it's not one of the most famous DC superhero uh, characters, so they're definitely taking a chance putting this to scream out to screen. I would say nine out of ten people on the street haven't heard of this character before. I never. Yeah, and I'm I'm only familiar with this character, kind of like a, in like a tertiary sense where I've you know I'll be watching videos on DC comics or. And maybe the Blue Beetle was uh, doing a crossover comic with someone. So I, I, I wouldn't say I've read any direct Blue Beetle stories, but I'm, I'm familiar with the character just by some of the crossovers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just watched the trailer going into it, not knowing really anything about the character. Uh, I like that it is, you know, Latino family. 
There's some diversity thrown in there a little bit. Um, I think there's some good humor. George Lopez is involved. I think he's maybe the the dad. Looks like, um, you know, he's a funny guy. Hopefully, there's some good like family humor that's in there. Uh, but overall, man, I I just got a feeling. I mean, DC doesn't have the best track record either. But no, uh, no, that you I, know, I, I think we're gonna both be wrong on this actually. After doing some research today. Why is that? So, this is a uh, this is directed by Angel Manuel Soto, and he actually did a movie. I didn't know that he was the same person directing this, but he did a movie called Charm City Kings, which is this coming of age story that takes place in Baltimore. And this guy just had his finger finger on the pulse for kind of like inner city dynamics and comedy and humor. And uh, if if this guy I feel like, you know, they in the trailer they highlighted a lot of the action and more of like the comic booky type of of shots. But I I think that this guy's strong suit is not in what we're seeing in the trailer, and that might there might be a lot more life to this movie than we're giving it credit for. The trailer was trash. I'm gonna come out and say it. I did not like the trailer. I'm pretty sure you didn't either. <laughs> we're watching we're like, what is this? No, I didn't <laughs> like the trailer. I mean there yeah. are like nuggets of of excitement or, or or fresh things about it that you know i'll say this if it is fresh if people love it and it just is super awesome i won't be surprised i just my gut reaction and maybe i'm you know like suffering from ptsd from all these dc <laughs> films but i don't think critics are gonna like it i don't think audiences are going to like it and I don't think I'm going to like it. Yeah, no, I that's that's my gut reaction just watching it. Like it has all the hallmarks of a just a bad high budget movie. Like something that's very forgettable, like just from the trailer and Yeah. So it's it's really hard until we see more content or some scenes where we actually get to see some of the vision coming out. But the way this is being marketed, it's not very promising. Uh, so so what's your call i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with what i originally said before you know ah you know what i'm gonna change it up actually i'm gonna take a chance on this because it looks really bad but i'm gonna say fresh i'm gonna change it up to fresh across the board i originally had rotten for all three like you but you're right you know you i haven't been taking many chances This this is where i'm taking a chance on this Ninja Turtles. I think it's going to pay off for you, you bastard. <laughs> I do. You know, they uh, they gave him the new Transformers movie after this, after seeing the Blue Beetle. Oh, really? Yeah. Which one? It's untitled still. You just I just saw that you signed the deal for it. Well, okay. You're you're you got insider uh, information. You got you're an inside trader on this man, making some smooth. You Nancy Pelosi of anticipated <laughs> yeah. movies. You're over here saying that you think you're going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Blue Beetle, whatever looks like ass. That's my 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 final my final comment on the matter. Next up, we have what is it? Craven, Craven the Hunter. Yep, Craven the Hunter. But this is so it's spinoff film from Sony's, not uh, Disney's Marvel, uh, Sony's Spider-Man universe, based on the the villain um, in the the Spider-Man comics, and stars 
Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I love, I adore. I think he's a badass, and he got like super jacked for this. He looks like a beast. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, there's so many movies that Sony has done, or when they're in control, it kind of just falls apart. You know, Venom, I like the first, the second was meh. Um, Morbin time sucked. Um, <laughs> you know, Morbin it's, time. it's Morbin time. And I hope it's not Morbin time when it comes to, to this one. I think it's going to be fresh across the board and I think I'm going to like it, but that's because I'm staking so much on Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think, I think you're going to be right on this. Um, I'm going to stick with my original, my original guest, but that was, I, I didn't really consider who the director was, which is uh, the director is J.C. Chander. And if you're not familiar with this guy. Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, you, you probably aren't familiar, but this is a, this guy back from like 2010 to 2015 was looked at as one of the top up-and-coming directors, like perennial Oscar favorite type of guy. So in a row, he did Margin Call, that great uh, 2000. Seven financial collapse film that had like Kevin Spacey and mm, mm-hmm, yeah, yep. but he he did a uh, all is lost the the Robert Redford one that he got nominated for an Oscar where he's lost at sea trying to guide his boat back, boat uh, boat back in the shore through a storm, and then after that he did um, a movie that made uh, Oscar Isaac a star which is the most violent year, yeah, and so then for whatever reason after 2014 he doesn't work again. And until 2019, where he definitely comes out with his worst film, which was Triple Frontier, which a lot of people still liked. It was, it was definitely a divisive film. Yeah, I was split on that myself. And, uh, you know, so he, he has what some people might say are three great movies under his belt, and just one divisive film. And now he's coming to Craven the Hunter. And you're right. I, like, it's hard to bet on a fresh movie from Sony because even if you liked Venom, that movie got a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, critics did not like that film. Uh, audiences loved it. The movie made a bunch of money. I liked the movie, too. But I don't, I don't think, uh, outside of Into the Spider-Verse, that Sony has made a positive film yet on their own, right? Uh, I could see people making the argument for the first Venom. It's because it did well at the box office. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Tom Hardy had good, good ingredients, but... No, I think in general, people don't really have high hopes when Sony's leading a, a film, a comic book film in, in their universe. And I mean, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're just speaking from our own opinion and kind of where we fall on it. But that's kind of the buzz I seem to pick up every time you know they drop a, a flick. Speaking of which, a uh, little sidebar here. Would you consider Tom Hardy a... That's the right way to say it. Like a true film star. I don't think he's the, I think he's a, a movie star for sure. At least in, in the way that I think of movie stars and like, Hey, does this person, regardless of the story they're in or the movie they're in the premise, whatever they have enough, you know, of the quote unquote it factor in them to bring me to put my ass in a seat in a theater. He has that for me. Now, is he your conventional DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, 
you know, any of these fools who are leading, you know, a franchise in the MCU or anything like that. No, I think he's non-conventional. I think he's rough around the edges, but that's a part of his appeal. He, he's kind of, you know, the bad boy image, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe more of a James Dean-esque kind of, you know, not cookie cutter, Cary Grant thrown up there. You know, uh, that, that's kind of how I feel about him. And any movie he releases, Tom Hardy, that is, I usually go and check out because I think he's interesting to watch on screen. I think he brings an energy um, to to each of his roles. That's why I watched Venom too, you know. And yeah, uh, that, that's, that's why I didn't leave in the middle of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, um, you know, you look at Tom Hardy, and I, I think I also have a crush on him. Does it, <laughs> am I biased? Very, he's a very, very handsome guy. <laughs> Maybe I'm biased. No. I, that's what I'm thinking because he—it's hard to say because he does a lot of movies that, for whatever reason, they don't get a wide box office, like a wide, wide theatrical release. Like he did Capone, and they just didn't release it anywhere. It was hard to find that movie in theaters. Yeah, but then you see Venom, which gets, and I'm bringing up Venom now because I'm going to compare it directly to Morbius, and it, we'll get back to the the list of films for the year. I'm not going to get too off topic, but. I'm looking at that movie that made so much money at the box office, and then Morbius just gets panned in the same way that Venom did by the critics. It doesn't go anywhere. No one shows up. And is it because Venom is a character that everyone wanted to see? I'm not so sure. I think I think uh, people want to see Tom Hardy play Venom. Yeah, I agree. I think you're you're on. I mean, I think people are interested in Venom, the character, but I think it more has to do with Tom Hardy assuming the role playing playing that character you know he is that like i said he's a movie star and conventional maybe but he's uh kind of a, a bad boy i mean the guy does brazilian jiu-jitsu you know he's he's about it he's he's not this you know i i think him being venom intrigues people enough to have him show up uh morbius god no <laughs> there's nothing you know that jared can do i think <laughs> That at least for me gets me parked um, in the theater. I mean, I watched it, of course, so they got my money. But <laughs> if they drop a sequel, well, I'm not watching it. Yeah, unless no, it's for the podcast, I'll no, take that one for the team. I, I saw it too. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll see any big comic book movies coming out. Even if it's bad, and it, it, as tired as I get of the the comic book topic as well. But uh, no joke, saw it with my buddy. We we're the only ones in the theater opening night. Doesn't surprise me. And then Sony had the balls to try to do a re-release, thinking it was going to do something. And God, I hope they fired whoever thought that was a good idea. Oh, man. All right. All right. A- so, damn. That, I mean, I'm all hyped about Craven the Hunter, and now this is all – I'm having flashbacks. Oh, my gosh. But I will say the Tom Hardy it factor – that drives me to his movies. Aaron Taylor Johnson has not quite the same impact, but he has that for me. I mean, bullet train, he killed it. He was awesome. I loved him in kick ass. Oh, the he first was, kick ass um, was so good. Oh, uh, nocturnal animals, right? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Tom Ford directed picture. He killed it. He was crazy. Even his, I, uh, his bit part in um, Tenet. Yeah, 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 exactly. He is a compelling actor. He gets me excited. I like to watch what he does on the screen. So 
he, he's bringing me to this movie. If he wasn't in it, I don't think I'd be hyped, honestly. Yeah, no, 100%. He, he's uh, one of those actors where you know he's going to transform himself for the role. Yeah. and Which is interesting because he he does that in the same way that Jared Leto does that. And uh, <laughs> I'm not, he won't get me in the seats anymore. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> yeah. So I called it fresh, fresh, across the board. I'll like it. What did you say? So I'm going to go off of Sony's history. I'm going to say this is going to be rotten, but I think people are going to love it. I think uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to really kill it in a role, and I think I'm going to like it too. Nice. All right. Next up is you can do the delivery on this one. Oh, I'll let you have this one. <laughs> this is one of your most anticipated. The Exorcist. <laughs> and it's a sequel to the actual 1973 classic horror film that started it all all these other crazy Exorcist 2, Exorcist 3, The Pope's Exorcist, which uh, my buddy Alfonso, who does my tattoos, my horror sleeve, showed it to me while I was getting my new tattoo recently. And um, I liked it, honestly. They, they, they went a different direction. And Russell Crowe is an Italian priest. I initially thought it would be Wiggity Whack, but he killed that. But getting back on topic, this is being developed by David Gordon Green, who did the Halloween reboot trilogy. You know, the I think 2018 was Halloween. It was a direct sequel to the original. Brought back Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought it was excellent. Um, Halloween Kills, I liked. Halloween Ends, I thought was ugh, terrible. But these guys are involved, and I thought Danny McBride was involved in this Exorcist remake too. Could be mistaken, but you know they are doing a direct sequel to the original film. So all the other ones that were made, they're throwing out just like they did with Halloween. And in this one, the mother from uh, the original film is back, and I, I guess – in this, a father goes to get help. He seeks help from a priest, and I assume, you know, the mother from the, the original exorcist to help him with his own issue. His daughter is possessed from a demon, and, um, you know, it kind of kicks off from there. So it sounds like if they're following the same template formula for the Halloween reboot, you know, I think it's going to be good. I think I'm going to be excited and, and down. And man, if can you imagine, you know, what was cool about Halloween, the uh, the reboot, um, is they kind of went back to the original movie, but with modern technology and modern cinematic you know, sequences and shots and, and the cinematography of today and like elevated it to a very contemporary film based on a, a, a classic we all love. And I, that's why I liked Halloween as much as I did. If they can do that with a, The Exorcist, you know, made in 1973, and they bring that same level of intensity into 2023 oh my gosh man it's gonna i remember so i was telling 
um, Alfonso actually, I think it was Alfonso. Maybe I was telling someone else, but I said there, you know, there's a movie I watched, you know, growing up that I wasn't supposed to watch that really impacted me and really messed me up. It was the exorcist. I was told I wasn't allowed to watch the movie. Oh, it's so bad and all this stuff. And I watched, I think I was like nine or 10 years old, man. And a nine or 10 year old should not be watching (laughs) someone do the thing she did with that crucifix. A child, a child. Yes. A child should not be watching that. And, uh, she was a child too. She was a child too. And, uh, it messed me up, man. It gave me nightmares. It stayed with me for a long time. I think that's, that was the, the genesis of the conversation is like films you've seen that really stayed with you and really messed you up. And The Exorcist was that film for me. So if they can basically elevate it to current standards and really build on the story that came before in a very rich way, it, it'll probably be up there in my favorites of all time if, if they do it right. Yeah. I could definitely see this being one of your favorites and you know, uh, you know, the director, he got his feet wet with uh, Halloween and Danny McBride is involved with this. He's one of the people that wrote the story and, uh, Kenny powders (laughs) and you saw vice principal, Flama Blanca. What? Yeah. Vice president's awesome. Or vice principals. Oh yeah. Yeah. Vice principals. Sorry. Awesome. Hilarious. That's that's where they met, right? Cause he directed all the episodes for that. Or at least oh, did they? I thought they were friends before that, but they, they could have been. I know that they worked together on that show, and then two years later, they were doing Halloween. That show was <laughs> balls <laughs> to the wall, crazy. I love that show. And uh, and Leslie Odom Jr. obviously uh, was great in Hamilton as uh, Aaron Burr. Yeah, Aaron Burr, sir. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and Ellen Burson, she's back. She was oh. the original mom in uh, The Exorcist, so they're they're continuing the cast. Is Anthony Ramos in this too? Yes. Or is that speculation? Because um, what is that? That is two Hamilton stars being pulled into this remake, which kind of is interesting if that is true. Let's see. Let's see if we can confirm that real quick. I don't know. I think that's speculation. I don't. I don't see it listed on his up and coming films. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing it either. Uh, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now, and his IMDb looks like the he will be in Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, which we already talked about, and uh, the sequel for Twister, aptly named Twisters. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! That's for next year to talk about. That's 2024. Yeah, yeah it looks like that's a, a speculation, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, so your rating, right? You said. Uh, you think this is going to be fresh? I don't know if I did. So and let me go on the record. I think fresh, fresh. I'm going to love it. Everyone's going to love it. We're all going to throw a party, maybe a parade. 10 out of 10. <laughs> five yeah, puffs of smoke out of five. <laughs> five puffs of smoke out of five. I, you know, I, I can see a, I can see a universe in a future where that, that could definitely happen. But then again, go ahead, rain on my parade. I, it's okay. I, the 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 last three uh, Halloween films. I don't think any of those were fresh, were they? I thought the original was fresh, or the not the original, the the first and the reboot. Was it not? The I think 20, uh, it was twenty eighteen, right? Yeah, it was twenty eighteen. So that, that was actually fresh. That was seventy nine percent. So I stand corrected. 
that was a that was a fresh film. So yeah, there's definitely a possibility. The Exorcist is, has such a rich story and background, and especially if they take a lot of elements from from the book, there's a lot to be done here. And so much potential. And if you're bringing Ellen Burstyn back, that means that they really sold her on it. Because that's just, this definitely seems something like out of scene that she would do. So yeah, I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna stick with my gut. I'm gonna say this is gonna be rotten for the critics, but I think it's gonna be hit with the the horror fans. I think it's gonna be fresh audience. And uh, you know me when it comes to horror, I'm gonna say I'm not gonna like this. All right. Yeah, that's fair. That's about what I thought um, you'd call it. So that's fair. So going into the next film is uh, another horror, Saw 10, which why do we need this film is my first <laughs> reaction and question. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm not going to we, – we still have a ton of movies on this list. I'm not going to dive into Saw 10 too deep. I just – I haven't been impressed for a while with the, the latest Saw entries. Um, I like the franchise. I'll go and I'll see it. You know, it's fun. It's Halloween candy to me. It's something, you know, you just kind of distract yourself, enjoy the spirit of the October season. But I think it's going to be rotten across the board. And, and I don't, I think I'll walk away from it not liking it. Yeah, I'm not going to get too deep into it. I'm going to watch it just because we're doing the list and we have to see if I like it or not. So I'm already dreading <laughs> And uh, I'm going to say this is going to be rotten. But I'm going to say fresh because uh, I know as much as the critics uh, hated Spiral, that had a fresh audience score. But I think the director, Darren Lynn uh, Boosman, I think he directed Saw 2, which is uh, also a fan favorite. Yeah. So I'm going to say rotten for critics, fresh for audience, and no for me. All right, that's fair. I think the the next one up on the list is uh, hotly anticipated, one of the most anticipated, just premiered at Cannes. We had Scorsese, DiCaprio, De Niro, Jesse Plemons, all there repping. It's Killers of the Flower Moon. I think this whole movie deserves its own episode of hype from us um and you know maybe we shouldn't get into it too much maybe we should save it for that because there's so much going on here this oh, is yeah. this true uh, yeah. story <laughs> of these murders in the osage nation right um in oklahoma there's a huge fbi investigation that's kind of comes out of that and you know the trailer looks awesome um it's Scorsese and DiCaprio and De Niro. I mean, I feel like that's all you need to know. That's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah, we, we definitely – I don't want to get too into it. Exactly like you said, we have a lot of ideas for this movie, guys. Um, not to get too into it because I don't want to make any promises that we don't end up keeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Because we, we're so passionate about this film. Zach and I are the biggest Scorsese fans you're going to meet. Zach's a bigger Scorsese fan than even I am. Uh, and you've – been hyped on Goodfellas since I met you back in high school. They were playing Goodfellas when I was born, and I had to watch it every year on my birthday. <laughs> That's a you great know. movie, though, to watch on your birthday. Goodfellas came out ninety. You know, it was it was before I was born, and they had it. They had it. You know, my dad had a, a copy VHS. 
I grew up watching that damn film. Oh, it's great. That, that movie came out like three weeks before I was born, too. So just in time. All-time no, all classic. So, I mean, there's not, it's the easiest bet, you know, for to bet on Scorsese. And I know that this movie, uh, you know, already premiered at a film festival, so we already know the Rotten Tomatoes, so the right direction it's going. But Zach and I were talking about this weeks ago, especially uh, after the first trailer debuted a few days before it was released officially for critics. So, um, you know, these predictions are, they were already set in stone. So what are yours again? Fresh. I think everyone's going to love it. I mean, I hope it doesn't get the Irishman treatment where people are complaining about a long film and all this. Come on. Come on. Grow up, damn it. That's what I say to them. You knew what you got into and you bought the damn ticket. Yeah, we'll we'll binge, uh, you know, eight hours of a Disney Plus show in one night, but (laughs) we won't. Yeah, but you're crying about a three-hour epic about Jimmy Hoffa? Come on. (laughs) Exactly. I am am super pumped about this movie, too. I'm going to say fresh, fresh, and yes. And interesting side note, this last weekend, uh, it was my buddy's birthday, and he brought uh, one of his good friends along who is actually – he's an FBI agent on – on Indian reservation, actually, that's his, uh, that's his assignment. So we we had a nice big, long conversation about this movie and the history of it and just how excited those guys are for this movie to see the picture of the FBI back in its, uh, original formation. We may need to get that guy on here. Yeah. I was talking to him about him. He said he'd be interested. So I will, uh, I'll keep in contact with him. I don't, <laughs> you know, knowing that he's FBI, I don't know if I've, Want to drop his name right now? I'll get his permission first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would be cool um, if he had uh, made a guest appearance and kind of talked through this. And we got a couple of those lined up, actually. Yeah, we do. That's a. I'm actually I'm, I'm most excited about those episodes to see, see what these guys uh, have to say. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but we have some experts who are intimately involved in some of the subject matter of these upcoming films. So stay tuned. Um, Okay. Moving on to the next one, another big epic, probably super hyped. Um, It's Denis, his newest picture, (laughs) Dune part two, baby. Wait, can we real quick, just do a quick run through on this day real quick. Denny. We did this already. I know. I'll I'll throw it. Okay. (laughs) If you learned anything from last time, let's hear it. I walked you through it. Denis Villeneuve. Oh, close. I mean, once again, I know first name Denis is correct. Though I watched him get on Conan or someone and he gave a lesson on how to pronounce his name. So I say Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. That's right. Uh Denis Villeneuve. So maybe I'm wrong. Um, like, like who a, knows? Like a new house, still a new. Yeah, Danny, if you're listening, <laughs> drop a comment. You know, hit me up. Give me props if I'm pronouncing it right. But yeah, Timothy Chalamet is coming back. We got a bunch of other hooligans who were in the first one. New additions: Florence Pugh, um, uh, Black Widow's sister, right? In yeah. the MCU. Yeah, um, with, uh, Elvis horror. Presley. Yeah. Um, horror kind of icon in, in my books. Uh, she was in Midsummer, uh, you know, Ari Aster's film. Um, 
she's been a lot of good stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see what she does with it. Yeah, man, man, dude, Dune Part Two. I mean, the first one looked amazing, was beautifully shot. So much work went into really just getting that film made and just every set piece. If any of you aren't familiar, go onto YouTube. You can look at the behind the scenes of Dune Part One and it's free. It's all up on there. And, you know, it's just the scale of the sets they created for the film were fantastic. They were amazing. You know, they built um, so many. What's the planet Arrakis? Is that how you say it? So they built like the actual home, the uh, Atreides house, Atreides home on Arrakis. They, they built, I mean, most of what you see on the screen is physically there. They're walking through it. They had a custom rugs made, you know, that call back to like the ancient traditions of the house and the planet. And it just so much attention to detail. Oh, really adds up, man. Yeah. And I, th- I think uh, for the most part, everyone loved Dune. And, but what I love most about it is how many seeds they planted without getting into exposition for just the world building of the Dune universe. Um, you know, uh, you know, introducing the Mentats, which are the, the, the people computers, they, they, uh, they calculate because I'm not sure how familiar you are with the backstory of Dune, Zach, but are, are you familiar with the Butlerian j- uh, Jihad? No, I don't think so. So in the Dune universe, a long time in the past, uh, humans had th- uh, conscious computers, they had AI, and things got out of hand, and there was a, a revolt against these uh, thinking computers. And basically all of humanity decided we're not going to do computers anymore. So all this technology is going to have to be without any type of like conscious computing. And so that's why they have people that are basically just trained for thousands of years through kind of genetic engineering to be calculators. So is this what Chad GPT is going to be doing to all of us? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think dude <laughs> might have predicted the future a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, hopefully and, we win. <laughs> and on that note, sorry to interject. I know we've been sticking to mainly film. We did a sci-fi prediction episode, but we're going to do an episode on artificial intelligence in general, a, I think a long form, it's something you and I talk about at length all the time. We're going to do a, a full blown episode on that, that I think people will find pretty interesting. Yeah. Zach and I are part of that, uh, that 12% and that new Pew research bowl of people that heavily use AI in their day to day life. <laughs> Got to get with it or get left behind. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, we're definitely the definition of really adopters. Um, I think trying I just... to job proof, you know, get some <laughs> security here. I, th- I think I was looking through my chat GPT history and I'm like over a thousand conversations now. <laughs> wow. You're fluent. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still pretty dumb. I don't know about that when it comes to AI, but I definitely use it a lot. Dune part two. I think, I think it's going to hit, man. I really do. I think it will. Hopefully it does a lot better at the box office now that it's not really in the height of the pandemic and all this. And we're kind of coming out, you know, and we're on this, the 2023 box office looks like it's on track to recover and maybe hit pre-pandemic levels. I'm hoping people turn out for this. And, um, you know, if, if, if you're listening and you're like, oh, Dune Part 2, I didn't see the first or meh, 
go watch the first and get hype, man. It's it's a good property to get excited about. It's something, you know, quote unquote new. The book's been around forever. They made two films, you know, prior to this uh, set by Denny. But, you know, it, it, I think it's a perfect opportunity to get hyped about a quote unquote new property and um, give you something to look forward to. That's not just this Disney manufactured superhero machine that is uh, cranking stuff out. And, you know, we're going to be getting to the next one of those here pretty soon on the list too. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a curveball here and I'm going to, I want to say we're going to do a bonus guess here and this will be worth two points. And the guess is going to be, Guess how much Dune's going to make in the box office, part two. And whoever's closer gets two points on this. All right, we got over under or what? We're going to do Price is Right rules. All right, go for it. You Actually, no, 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 forget that. Price is Right, that's a, that's all rigged. We're going to do closest to it. How about that? Just total okay. total difference. I'm, I'm going to say that this movie's going to make, and we're going to do global box office. I'm going to say $950 million. At the global box office? Yeah. Nine fifty. Hmm. Let me uh, let me log this and track it. God, please don't make me watch the Scorpion King trilogy. Please, please. <laughs> this is where I make it up. Yeah, my God, this is it. This is the deciding factor. Damn you, Jordan. Um, I know. Shit. Oh, what I did the that, first like, make? What did the first make? All right. So the first one made four hundred two million worldwide. Worldwide during the pandemic. Also. With a simultaneous release on HBO Max the same day, without and so this one will not be released on HBO Max the same day. I'm calling seven thirty, seven hundred thirty million. Yeah. Oh right. Don't ask me why. Just that, that <laughs> was the gut. I think that's a good one because it's definitely going to make more than four hundred two. I hope God Allah whoever has spoken <laughs> through me on this. Save me, please. All right, so the next is from our boy David Fincher, heavyweight boss. He has a new flick coming out called The Killer. It stars Michael Fassbender as an assassin who suffers from psychological problems and becomes hunted by his former employers. I never bet against Fincher, ever. His resume, in my opinion, is flawless he should be in the conversation uh, of the greatest, you know, of all time, the the goats of of directors. So I don't even know anything about this beyond what I just read, and I'm I'm about it. Michael Fassbender is a badass. David Fincher is a badass. I'm on board. Fresh, fresh. Everyone's gonna love it. I'm gonna love it. Yes. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, it's dumb to bet against David Fincher. He has don't do it. Don't do it. He hasn't had a bad movie since Alien Three, and I think you and I both would give him a mulligan on that. Just knowing that's the how you of that cut film. your teeth, man. He cut his teeth on <laughs> he Alien definitely Three. Got, definitely got his teeth cut in that one. <laughs> Everything else, he's pissed. Excellence. Oh yeah, no, he, he's you know the way people talk about Ridley Scott, Mike. If you're listening, this is a direct <laughs> shot at you. The way people talk about Ridley Scott, tisk tisk, tisk tisk. Dare I say? <laughs> Reserve this commentary for David Fincher. Much better director, 
consistent, a tried and true. You know what you're getting. This is the Walter White meth amphetamine <laughs> is what you get when David Fincher makes a film. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Like this shit comes out blue, man. Blue. Yeah. Every time, every time it, it's just, uh, that just is his resume at this point. I mean, you go back, make amazing gone girl. Amazing. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Great film. Social network. Widely considered by many people one of the best movies of the decade. Curious case of Benjamin Button, you and I, that's one of our favorites. Oh, I so, love that movie. We need Zodiac, a whole episode yeah. on that. Zodiac, one of the best true crime films ever made. Yep. Panic Room. You know, awesome. So, so great movie. Dude, that sledgehammer to the face. Awesome. <laughs> Fight Club, widely considered one of the greatest films ever made. The Game, in my opinion, should be considered one of the great films. That is one of the wildest movies I've ever seen to this day. Yeah. And then Seven. Maybe the greatest serial killer film ever made. Yep. He doesn't miss, man. He doesn't miss. It's in the box. Another David Fincher film. (laughs) It's the fool me once, you know. He he fooled us all once with Aliens 3. And then never again. He came correct, man. He did. He did. Like I said, I don't even... I can't count that. I can't. It it, it makes it even better. Because the next one was... um, uh, directed by the French filmmaker who did uh, Amelie and uh, uh, Delicatessen too. And he had the same experience with the producers where it basically just got the floor pulled out from under him. So I want to blame that on people trying yeah, to protect the property. you don't have full creative control. Exactly. You know? All right. So we both are going to love it. We think everyone's going to love it. This next one, The Marvels. Brie Larson's back as Captain Marvel. We have Miss Marvel in here, right, as well. Um, MCU's latest offering. You know, I don't think people are going to like it. I don't think critics are going to like it. But I actually think I will like it. And I don't know why. I, I just I saw the trailer and I thought, eh, maybe this will be a little bit lighter. Maybe it'll be interesting for world building. But I'm not hyped, man. I'm kind of getting Marvel fatigued, to be honest. Yeah, ah oh, man. So, I th- I think I'll like it. I'm not hyped though. I'm I, I have the same Marvel fatigue, and that's even after Guardians of the Galaxy three, which I really liked. It wasn't enough to like write the ship for me, and I I don't know if it's fatigue, or that they just haven't been very consistent recently. So I'm wondering why I'm investing myself into this larger universe. I think another aspect of that is there's a lack of an overarching villain. I mean, we got Kang who may not be involved anymore, Jonathan <laughs> Majors. Um, but there, there's not that Thanos-level threat that is kind of just there in the background or is as prominent in the background with the, these, you know, this phase, these, these films that have come out. So the stakes seem... It, seem, it seems like there aren't any stakes yet, and there's not really a shared – I mean, yeah, there's a shared universe, but there's not been a whole lot of crossover that makes me feel like each movie is being sewn into a much bigger tapestry, you know? Yeah. that's I, I get that feeling too, and I don't, I don't get what happened because it seemed like there was such a clear-cut plan – for the original Marvel movie. So maybe that's just me in hindsight now, having seen, you know, the whole infinity war saga. 
because I I can imagine myself going back to like Thor to the dark world and not necessarily seeing like this overarching plot line that was coming before me. Yeah. But, uh, it, it, maybe that's a maybe it's a recency bias thing, you know. After seeing twenty one movies tied up together, or how many films were in it? Yeah, it might be. I mean, I won't. I'll acknowledge but, that that may be the case. But there's so it, it. It seems like they they really there's just too much content. Like the TV shows being added into this, to me, it's just there's too many strings to keep track of. Like you got to watch Loki, then you got to watch this Marvel, and then you got to watch. Uh, you know, the Scarlet Witch story and all these different shows. And each one of them is like eight to 10 hours. And all of a sudden you're in one year, you're getting more hours of content than the entire MCU universe before that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it, it, the, the gravity of all of it just <laughs> kind of fell out, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's really what it was. It was just, you know, like watching like two or three movies a year at the height was all right. Maybe I would, I would have preferred to have gone back down to one to two years, but what do you have a, it's been diluted. It's been diluted. And I guess we should have seen that coming when you're making so much movie at the peak of Marvel that people that have their, their jobs riding on a bottom line for a film department at Disney aren't going to want to shut that. Res- you know, they're not going to want to shut that off. They want to protect their jobs. Yeah, it's a good point. So where are you falling on this? I'm, you know, that being said, I'm going to say fresh. Uh, Fresh with the critics, I think it's going to be rotten with audiences, and that's just me going off of, uh, for whatever reason, the fanboys hate uh, Brie Larson. They don't like her as uh, Captain Marvel, and they really uh, took a dump on uh, the best Marvel show as well. But I think I'm going to like it. I, the, I was watching the trailer, and I thought it was charming. It looked like a fun movie. Fair enough. The next one up on the list is the Hunger Games prequel. It's a adaptation of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which I guess is a prequel novel. I, I didn't even know that existed. Didn't read it, obviously. Um, I don't know what to think. I have no idea. Um, I liked the Hunger Game movies, but I was like, I don't know, a kid. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I can't remember. You know, I was I, I was young, a younger man. Um, when those came out. So I don't know that I'm going to be super into this. You know, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I mean, I'm excited that they're building out the world. I like properties. I like big properties, you know, that, that are out there. They exist, machines moving, going, churning stuff out. But I just don't know. I think I left this franchise where it, it needed to be, you know, there's closure. I don't know that the world is interesting enough to go back to another, you know, battle Royale and all of this, especially with like, you know how it all ends. So I don't know. I think it's going to be rotten across the board and I don't think I'm going to like it. All right. I I think that's fair. After watching the trailer though, I'm going to change my answer a little bit. I think this is going to be fresh with the critics. I think it'll be fresh with the audiences. I think uh, I think people like the Hunger Games. I like the Hunger Games, and it. I don't know why I had like a rotten taste in my mouth about the previous Hunger Game movies. I went back and watched the first one. And I really liked that one, and I think I'm gonna like this one too. Yeah, the first was great. Okay, well, fair enough. We'll we'll see Hunger Games. 
Still got it. It's still got the secret sauce. Um, the next is Napoleon. And we kind of covered this about Ridley Scott, right? Yes, we that did. He has historically, or at least in my opinion, he has kind of flip-flopped, alternated every other movie he's released, in my opinion, has been either great or, you know, straight garbage. Um, How Gucci wasn't bad, but I wasn't about it. So... If we follow the pattern, I'm going to like Napoleon. Um, but independent of the pattern, I like Joaquin. And Joaquin Phoenix is starring uh, as Napoleon. Um, it's going to cover, what, his his early years and then his exile. Yeah? Yeah, I think, I think what I was reading is that this is going to focus more on his relationship with his wife. Mm, interesting. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that, but I still think I it has Joaquin and I love Joaquin and I think Joaquin's been kind of has been even more high profile lately than he's ever been. I mean, he's gotten an Oscar. Obviously, we gave rave reviews to Bo's Afraid, although it seems maybe we're in the minority <laughs> there. But, you know, damn you all. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I'm excited to see what he does with this. And Ridley has it in him to deliver good films when he's dialed in. I don't know. He's yeah. I don't know. I, I hope he's dialed in on this one. I think, I think he will be. I think you're right. I think, uh, I think we're, I think this is going to follow the pattern and I think this is going to be a great epic, you know, epic film. And we're going to see Joaquin Phoenix really carry it. I'm calling fresh. From the critics' standpoint, rod and from users, but I think I'll like it. All right. And uh, I'm going to go fresh from the critics, fresh from the audience, and I think I'm going to love this movie. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I do want to have one caveat, though. It has uh, Kit Harrington in it. And uh, Jon Snow? I think he's awful. I think he's an awful actor. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> don't make me king. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Kit, I like Kit, but I mean, I like Game of Thrones till the last two seasons. <laughs> we should do it. I've wanted him to have a good film <laughs> career. Pompey sucked, though. Oh man, I, I just not impressed with anything that he does. I think he's gotten in some lucky roles. You might be right. I'm not going to defend Kit. He's <laughs> he's done nothing for me. I will not defend him or his honor. I will not defend his honor. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah fair enough so this next one on the list and i think we have just a few more is uh leave the world behind this is a thriller based on the novel of the same name i've never heard of the novel i mean until we kind of looked into this film um the premise, it follows two families who are forced to share a vacation home during a mysterious blackout that causes chaos in the world. This gives me knock at the cabin vibes with how ambiguous the ending's probably going to be. Um, the book, knock at the cabin, the film with uh, Dave Batista, there was closure at the end and you, you do get a sense of what actually was going on. 
Um, I like that film a lot. So if it has similar atmosphere, ambiance, kind of direction, pacing, I might dig this, but you know, this is from a, what's his name? Sam Esmel. Esmel, Yeah. The guy who made Mr. Robot. I like Mr. Robot. I think it got progressively worse each season. I, I don't think you agree with me there, Andrew, but um, I think he has the talent to deliver a really interesting film. I just don't know that the premise has me sold. And yeah, I mean, I kind of fall, fall on this that critics aren't going to dig it. Audiences won't. And, you know, I want to like this movie and I hope that I do, but I don't think I will. I, I don't think it's going to land with me. Yeah. Oh man. I love Mr. Robot. And I thought it got, progressively worse until season four, which I think redeemed it. And with Denzel Washington, Julie Roberts, um, oh fuck, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Uh, Mar- uh, how do you say it? Mar- Mahershala? Uh, Mahershala, that's how you say it. Mahershala, yeah, Mahershala Ali. Ali. I love him and everything he does. And I, and Sam Espel has such an interesting visual way that he tells stories that I think I thought that this was going to be, you know, I, that this was going to be rotten with audiences and rotten with me, but I can't go back on Mr. Robot and just how visually entertaining that, that Sam is as a director. So I'm going to say fresh across the board here. I think this is going to be one of the surprise hits for the year. Really? Yeah. You're kind of changing it up a little bit from our initial conversation. Yeah. yeah I know we were, we were reading over and doing our, on our initial conversation, Zach and I were going over the story and some of the production of it. And, some of the stuff that we read kind of left a bad taste in our mouth. And, uh, but I'm, I'm a fanboy at heart, so I got to go with my gut. That's fair. I respect that. I'll always respect that. And I guess <laughs> I'll probably watch the Scorpion King trilogy because of that. Cause I'm not going, I mean, I think I'm going with my gut, but I also think I'm trying to be bold and, and silly. And when I'm, when I act silly, it never pays off. <laughs> That's what I've learned. This is my silly side here because, ah, man, because Sam Esmail can be very pretentious in his in uh, filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, he can. And it has gotten worse. It has gotten better. Like Homecoming was a hit with the critics, but it was not a hit with audiences. So there's a, there's a very real possibility that this will be a very visually stunning, boring, pretentious film that audiences hate. So but I'm hoping that he learned his lesson, that this isn't that. I hope I like it, man. But time will tell, I suppose. The next one on this list is, I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I, mean, <laughs> I thought I did, but now that I'm kind of like coming back to it, I'm, I'm emotional. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Do you want to introduce this one? Yeah, yeah. Do you want? I'll, I'll introduce this one, and uh, do you want me to get my rating first on this one too? Yeah, yeah, of course. Because yeah. I, I read up more on this one, and uh, so first off, this is this is Wonka. It's gonna be a musical fantasy film, and it's gonna be based on Willy Wonka, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna star Timothy Chalamet as a young Willy Wonka, and Olivia Coleman's gonna be Miss Pratchett, and Keegan Michael Key's gonna be Mr. Salt, who I'm not sure who that is, but. You know, Keegan Michael Key's always really good, and this is going to be exploring Wonka's early life and his kind of his origin story on how he came into being a chocolate maker 
and the wizard that he is. But most importantly, and what has been giving me second you know, thoughts about my original rating of this movie, which is I thought this was going to be rotten, is that Paul King directed this. And Paul King did two wonderful underrated movies, Paddington 1 and 2. Paddington represent. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how do you bet against Paul King after making Paddington the Bear one of the greatest like film franchises in the last like 20 years? Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, God, Wonka. I just don't know that we need to go back. I don't know that we need this. Just like these people who are talking, there are whispers, whispers in the dark about <laughs> remaking Lord of the Rings and all this. And I just, I don't know. I don't know that I need Wonka. But maybe, just maybe, as Bernie Sanders would say, <laughs> maybe I'm not the audience anymore, man. Maybe Hollywood's left me behind. Maybe I'm a has-been old buddy, you know? <laughs> what, so, what, so what's it been, like 20 years since uh, the, the Johnny Depp one? God, that makes me feel old. Is that true? <laughs> I think it was like 2004. Jesus. I, oh. It had to have been because I, I, I saw that movie with my sister, and you know the backstory. We need that. a Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, check that. Check that. <laughs> no, we got to Google that. Willy Wonka or – no, it was, it was Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. 2005. 2005, damn near 20 years ago. So it's been 18 years since we've been in the world of... Uh, since we've been there, huh? Yeah. But why it's does it, it does feel like it's been like it's been overdone? <laughs> it does. Maybe that's a, that's a testament to how good the original Willy Walker was. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe you just don't fuck with the classic. You know, maybe <laughs> there's also an argument to to bring it back to to new audiences that haven't had a chance. Don't want to watch a movie that looks very dated, 1970s. How dare you? How <laughs> dare, dare you? you? <laughs> Where's Greta? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I need a. We need to download on our soundboard here that "How Dare You" clip, <laughs> and I'm gonna just drop that as you're giving these <laughs> these hot takes. <laughs> um, all we got is what uh, drums. Yeah. I don't think those work. What about? Nah. I, feel, I feel like I should be talking about my my trauma and my background. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want this movie. I like Timothy Chalamet, but uh, I don't want it. I think it's been rotten across the board, but. I do think they will pull it off, stick the landing, and I will like it. See, I'm given kind of this crazy <laughs> emotional roller coaster, but I'm trying to be bold, man. I'm trying to put my prediction out there and and really I like Timothy. I they may pull it off, you know, they may be so bold that it lands, but maybe audiences and critics are, are just gonna be Offended, they're even going back to this territory again, but maybe not. Yeah, I mean, man, I really want to like change my rating on this because I, I think that Paul King, there's no way that he's gonna make a rotten film here. Don't do it. I'll, I'll no, keep you it. You can change if you I'll, want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really want you to watch the the Scorpion King trilogy. Like, yeah, out of my heart, I, I want that to happen. I'll watch it with you. That would actually be a good episode. 
I mean, we got to do an episode on the shitty trilogy anyways, but <laughs> yeah. it would be fun for one of us to document the other's torment and torture and report back <laughs> on the oh. podcast. All right, then I'm going fresh across the board. I think uh, Deal. I think uh, Paul King directing and Timothy Chamelay and Olivia Coleman. This is a uh, this is an easy easy three fresh. Uh, all right, fair enough. Probably right. Um, next is we got to get yours. And I think uh, did we lock you in? I thought I, I yeah I thought I did, but if, yeah you did you did it was a rotten rotten, but I think I'll like it. Yeah. So the next tier, uh, second to last film, um, we'll be covering. And this is a pretty comprehensive episode, I think. You know, we're going hour and a half here, roughly. We're, we're hitting all these, and I think they're pretty much the biggest bangers that are expected to drop this year. But oh, yeah. the, the last, or the second to last, is Aquaman 2. Which, you know, brings back Jason Momoa, um, Amber Heard, unfortunately, uh, is coming back. A um, bunch of other people. I think it's going to be rotten, rotten, and I don't think I'm going to like it. The first one was okay. It was too cartoony, in my opinion. I, I liked it. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. But it was, there was just something about the shots and how the pacing and I don't know, it, it kind of felt it made, it rubbed me a little weird. It, it seemed like it was accidentally good, not technically good. Yeah. There was a, it, I would say it had some, it had weird pacing. It had a lot of weird pacing. It had a lot going on too. And <clears throat> a story that kind of seemed a little contrived, but I mean, Jason Bobo is great. He just has so much charisma on screen. And so he, he could really, you know, carry a film. And I think Ben Affleck is going to be one of the leads in this as Batman. Maybe his last Batman film. Yeah, I never liked Ben Affleck as Batman. Not a, not a fan of the Batflick? No, let people <laughs> let freak out, crucify me, whatever. Not hashtag, <laughs> not my Batman. What was the Ben Affleck story when he talked about? He was on, I think he was on Jimmy Kimmel. And he was like, uh, when I got cast as Batman, they said, don't look online for any of the reactions. He's like, why? He's like, the first comment I saw was, no. <laughs> I was like, 25 O's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm... Hashtag not my Batman. That's where I'll leave that. I'm really digging Robert Pattinson right now. Me too. He's in this? No, just his Batman. Oh, <laughs> just, oh I was <laughs> that, That's what? my Batman. I mean, my Who's Batman he is playing in Aquaman too. My, wow. my Batman is definitely Christian Bale. Just yeah, you know, oh yeah, growing up with uh, Christian Batman Bale begins and everything. Yep. I mean, respect to Michael Keaton. I'm excited for him to come back in the Flash. But yeah, Christian Bale's my Batman, man. Yeah, Michael I mean, Keaton uh, is uh, that's my mom's Batman. <laughs> she's yeah, all, she's all hyped about doing. <laughs> but Chris Nolan, Dark Knight. I mean, yeah, that's you, a, I mean that movie is one of the great trilogies too. Yeah. Even if the third was a little weak, but yeah. Yeah, weak, weak by the trilogy standards, but still a great film compared to other movies. Absolutely. All right, Aquaman 2. It doesn't sound like we're hyped. You, you said it's going to be fresh, rotten, and you won't like it? Yeah, I would like to switch that up. I think it's going to be Rotten Tomatoes. 
And I think it's going to be fresh audience, and I don't think I'll like it. All right. For record-keeping purposes, let me Yeah, for those – you can't this. see what he's doing, but Zach has, like, Google Docs open. He's, he's a tired you – know, he's a very detail-oriented, and he's going over all my changes. I'm slaving away <laughs> so I don't have to watch The Scorpion King or any of these other yeah. shitty trilogy ideas, whatever, that people are throwing out there. And maybe we should do a poll or a survey. Maybe we should send a link out that kind of thing. Let people give some ideas here. Oh yeah. That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, if you want to put in your, your predictions for these movies and see how you compare to us, maybe you'll have to watch the Scorpion King. <laughs> yeah. Maybe <laughs> you should. Um, all right. I think we saved the best for last. Do you want to introduce this one? I don't know that anyone even knows. I mean, some people probably for sure. But yeah, let's uh, let's he, get a show, let's get a show of hands of what is going to be a movie that is marketed as the next Star Wars franchise, like the big expansive space opera. Now, if you if you knew that it was Rebel Moon, give yourself a nice pat on the back because Rebel Moon is the the big Zack Snyder. Netflix saga that set the space. Yeah, and he originally tried to pitch a Star Wars film to Lucasfilm and Disney. He had an idea. He was ready to get involved, make his own Star Wars movie. They rejected it, apparently. And he said, well, you know, F it. I'm going to go forward and build my own Star Wars. And... That's what he's doing. He's moving forward. He's making this Rebel Moon um, film. I think, wasn't it shot back-to-back with the sequel? Yeah, I, I, thought, I, believe, I believe so. It's going to be uh, Rebel Moon Part 1 and Rebel Moon Part 2. Uh, they're both going to be PG-13, according to the post-production notes. But he's also going to release side-by-side -side an extended R-rated cut for both films. It's uh, Yeah, it's highly... Uh, inspired by the Kurosawa films, the old samurai films, specifically the first one being Seven Samurai. It's about uh, this girl who has to go to uh, nearby planets and recruit warriors to defend her homeworld. So, yeah, it's going to be Seven Samurai in space. And that is that's such a timeless classic story. Uh, you know, whether you're familiar with Seven Samurai or The Magnificent Seven, the old one or the new one, who doesn't love Stephen King did it great in Wolves of the Cala and the Dark Tower series also. Yeah. It, it's it's just a sadless story. It's a you get a ragtag group of has beens up and comers and seasoned warriors and they're outnumbered against a powerful, well funded enemy. Everyone loves that story. I'm cautiously optimistic. I like Zack Snyder. I loved Army of the Dead recently um i thought that was beautifully shot i loved his use of bokeh with his lenses and how he shot the film um i like a lot of the stuff he's done you know the the justly cut wasn't as good as i as people hyped it to be it kind of was underwhelming but i preferred it over the actual justice league release um, he has the talent in him to deliver a film of this scale. I just hope that 
he pulls, I mean, it won't be a James Cameron in terms of box office revenue, but I hope he pulls a James Cameron in the sense that we are given a new property that is original. It's fresh. It's a big universe. This is supposed to be an epic space opera film, you know, and we need new properties. Hollywood is rebooting everything. And we just talked about the exorcist. We talked about Halloween Indiana Jones is back. He's 130 years old in the movie. You know, like there are no new ideas in Hollywood, it seems. And I appreciate people having the guts to develop a new idea, new property to get the studio backing, to go out and swing big, to create, you know, new Harry Potters, new Lord of the Rings, new Star Wars, you know, new, new, universes of, of films. So I really hope it does well and it gives audiences something to get excited about and to get behind and, you know, to really become passionate about. And I think the fact that it was shot back to back with a planned sequel is encouraging. You know, that's exciting. I hope that means, you know, the studio, the producers are confident in, in what they're seeing and, and the overall story. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so it, it's following this young girl, right, who is going out seeking warriors, like you were saying, and calling to these, these classic films, um, but these warriors from neighboring planets to come help a, a peaceful – what is it? Planet colony on yeah. the edge of, of a galaxy that is being threatened by um, a tyrant, you know? And if, if it's anything like these classic stories, it'll be badass. And if, if they do it right with the world building, very John wick esque, you know, I think you've set up a, a good, sandbox to play in for the foreseeable future so i'm yeah. hoping i'm hyped i'm hyped oh I'm, I'm so hyped and you know you that that's not even to mention they are really planning for this to be a massive ip guys they're releasing a graphic novel animated short they're doing a, a novelization by titan books and they're releasing an rpg video game simultaneously damn <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of action <laughs> yeah a lot of act activity and, and they called it a ridiculous scale like this is a high budget rpg oh that gets me hyped i mean if people are hyped about avatar you know i hope people get excited about this because it it's a new universe it's a new sandbox to go and play in and i want a new playground i want another opportunity, another forum, another place to go and check out of, you know, day-to-day life and, and get swept away in a fantastic story and universe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm very excited about this movie. I haven't seen it talked a lot about, um, you know, the speaking of which the, the writer of, uh, of this film is, is also the guy, uh, Shea Hatton, who did, Army of the Dead, Army of Thieves, and also John Wick 4. Plus, I think he also, yeah, John Wick 3 as well. That was his first film. Nice. So he has a nice little track record coming up. I liked all of those. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if um, you get 
a good writer and a, a good director, at least a visionary director in Zack Snyder. Yeah, I think um, I think this has all the ingredients to be really good, uh, and I hope it is. With that being said, I think I'll like it. I think audiences will like it. I just think critics may may bash him and beat him up. Um, yeah, he does have that, that, uh, that reputation. Kind to him, no, they're, you know? they're, they're really never kind to him. Even Watchmen was was kind of hit or miss with the critics, and I, I, that's one of my favorite movies ever in a comic book medium. Oh, I love Watchmen. I mean, me and you rode our bikes <laughs> midnight showing in high school to go watch that movie, and someone so slashed so, our tires. Yeah, yeah, we had to and it was walk. worth it. Yeah, I think we uh, did. We skip school the next day. No, but we were late. Yeah, we were late. That's what it was. <laughs> we were late. <laughs> yeah. My tummy hurts. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have the shits. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I think I think they may be a little brutal. So I'm calling it rotten critics. Um audiences are gonna love it. I'm gonna love it. What about you? You think fresh across the board? Yeah. And it, this is me just wishful thinking because I really want another big franchise that isn't based on a previous medium. Which I me guess too, is man. What a what a more Hollywood thing to have. Than a movie that was a failed Star Wars film become the next big IP, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, I would. Kind of poetic, say, right? I'm, I'm going to say fresh, fresh, and yes, I'm going to love this movie. Oh, we're ending on an optimistic note, which is always good. We are. Kind of love but this kind of seals my fate. I think you know there was a part of me that was like, ah, you know, we still <laughs> got to do part two of this. I could still get out of it. Uh, it'll be okay, but now it's official. We got to close the books. It is now etched into stone, our predictions. And, oh, God, if I predict that I lose, can I get out of it? <laughs> should, we give you a, should we give them a bonus point, guys? <laughs> no, no, no. I uh, I knew what I signed up for. It, it, it's kind of it's a win-win-lose-lose for both of us because – Whatever we end up watching, we both have to watch. Yeah, and you know, we'll have a good discussion. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. But it'll it'll be worth it just because it's like, even if I'm sitting there not enjoying the movies, it's because I'm making you not enjoy movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, man. I think with that being said, um, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in, and hopefully, uh, you have some predictions of your own and. Stay in tune. We'll give updates throughout the rest of the year. Uh, I think Rebel Moon's supposed to drop at the end of the year, December 23rd. So we'll really, you know, go up to the end here to, to see kind of where we fall on everything. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Any uh, parting remarks from you, sir, yeah. Andrew? Yeah, for those of you that stayed along with us for this hour and 37 minutes, uh, thank you so much for, for being a faithful listener. And I would love if uh, if you get a chance to, I don't know, shoot us a message or drop a comment and let us know what movies that maybe we missed that you're really hyped about. Or if you just want to talk about the movies that you're most looking forward to that we talked about, uh, you know, leave us a little comment on that as well. Hell yeah. With that, I guess, peace, guys. Have a good one. Later.